Hey everybody, this is Think Global, and my name is Tim Davis, and I am joined in this podcast room by... I'm Jonathan Smith. Jonathan Smith. John, nice to see you again. Nice to see you too. Hey man, uh, it is September. Yes, and here we are. I know, hard to believe. Like, September means summer's over. Yeah. I mean, not officially on the calendar, but actually, right. all the summer stuff. Well, schools are in session. Yeah. And, yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, Labor Day is behind us. And I just got back from vacation. Uh, man, for 35, 37 years, we've been taking our family out to North Carolina on the outer, near the Outer Banks. And uh, this time it was just Lynn and I. And um, it has been a great tradition just to go there and relax. And so I'm feeling pretty good today. You look refreshed. Do I look refreshed? You do. Thank you. That's a compliment from you. I'm glad to know that. And I do feel refreshed. It's always good for the soul to turn everything off and to just relax and chill. And that's yeah. what we did. It was good. a lot of fun. Very good. And uh, by the way, with September here, hard to believe, but just hours from now, mm-hmm. we are on our way to Hong Kong. Yes. Um, it's been four years. Right. Nearly. Plus, yeah. Or more, right? Yeah. So, March 2019, maybe, or maybe right. fall 2019 yeah, yeah. was our last time there. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to get back. Oh, man, it's been a long time. It's one of our favorite cities in the world. Yes. Uh, great friends, great people there. Great food, by the way. I'm looking forward to that again. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's a beastly trip over there, though. The flight is crazy. It's not easy. One of them is 15 hours alone. It's not easy, but yeah. it's worth it. It is worth it. Yeah. L- so looking forward to seeing friends. We have good friends there. Obviously, the food and the culture are amazing. The city yes. itself is amazing, but um, hugging old friends will be uh, yes. refreshing and fun. Yes, without masks. Without That's going to be fun, yeah. So anyway, it'd be great to be back there. Looking forward to our time there. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, uh, we are back to our podcast, and uh, John, yeah, what are we doing today? So last month, we started a series called Going Beyond Expectations, where we're looking at a few different topics and then looking around the world at how those things play out globally and how we, regardless of culture, can go beyond expectations um, in those things. So last month, we looked at the idea of generosity, yes, generosity. And, and looked at that around the world, the most generous countries and cultures, and then how even us in our own lives can go beyond expectation and go back and listen to the episode, but it's yeah. really more than just financial generosity. Right. We, we talked about being generous with our time, for example. Right. So anyway... This month, we're going to jump into the topic of optimism or choosing joy. So right. joyfulness, optimism, happiness, um, and, ha- and we're going to look briefly around the world and how uh, that's perceived in different cultures, but then also talk a little bit about how we can choose joy and to be more optimistic in our day-to-day life. Yeah. And I need to thank you at the very beginning, John. Okay. Because you and our team here did a lot of research on this while <laughs> I was on vacation, and I'm grateful for that. So, uh, we're going to condense it for everybody because there was a lot of research done, and we'll try to get the, the points across that uh, are important for us. Yeah. So, I, th- I think one of the important or interesting, interesting is a better word, interesting things that came out of the re- research was how Western cultures and Eastern cultures view optimism um, or happiness. So, um, we could just run through those briefly, but for example, yes. um, Americans might relate to this. Um, how, you know, Tim, talk about how Americans view optimism and how optimism usually uh, portrays itself in the American or Western culture. 
Right. So I'll talk about Western. You're going to talk about Eastern. Right. All right. So Western is, you know, from the research we found, uh, you know, the idea of optimism comes from elation, enthusiasm, and excitement, which when I think of those things, I mean, all of them great. Uh, it's, it's a part of the human emotional uh, pattern to right. be elated or enthusiastic or excited about something. But often, uh, as I think about it, those are often stimulated from outside sources. Mm-hmm. You know, like something good happens, a promotion happens, our our team wins, uh, and it all produces these emotions that we have, and they're stimulated from the outside. But from the Eastern mindset, it's a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. The Eastern mindset, um, and I'm Actually, from the research, we didn't go seek this out. It just kind of right. popped up out of the research. Was that um, it? Particularly talks about the Hong Kong Chinese yeah. and how they define happiness or joyfulness, and that would be through states of calmness and relaxation. Right. And uh, I'm actually going to put this to the test when we're in Hong Kong. Yes. I'm I'm going to ask like if that's true because right. let's not pretend like we're experts in every culture around the world. We're not. Let's go ask the people who. Grew up there, live there, and that's their home culture. So I actually want to bring this research up to the people that we meet with, talk to, chat with, and yeah. just casually say, like, is that is that true for you? Would that define your experience of right. how you express joyfulness or optimism? So anyway, from the research, that's what we have. Eastern cultures typically view it as uh, a calming or, or, or express it through calmness and relaxation. Right. Whereas Western cultures, it's elation, excitement. Right. So... So big excitement in your face and calm, relaxing, that's how they express it. On the inside. So that's the notable difference, I think. Yes. You know, one seems to be uh, generated from the inside, Mm. an inward state. That's that calmness, that relaxation. And for us, it's stimulated from the outside. Yes. So so, so there is a difference there. Right. All Um, right. Anyway, so also want to look at briefly, what are some of the happiest and least happy Cultures in the world, there's always this study that comes out every year that, you know, such and such culture or country is the happiest country in the world, right? And so I think that's always interesting, but... Uh, Let me we, hear it, man. We don't ever really talk about who's the least happy, but we'll we'll touch on that right. in a minute. But the happiest country in the world, I would not have guessed this, but uh, Finland yes. is at the top of the list. I would I, I can see that. Well, I thought it was Sweden. Yeah. But or Norway. Or Norway. One of the Scandinavian yeah. countries. Yeah. But I don't really I guess it would be fun to say why that is. I don't know that we know why. What would be your guess? Uh I would say location, population size, um, you know, having lived with a lot of Scandinavians uh up in the Midwest, upper Midwest, uh, there is that sense of they're outdoors kind of people. Even though the, mm. the temperatures are frigid, they embrace it. They yeah. enjoy it. They're healthy. They eat well. Um, and the, the level of crime is is much lower. Mm. Um, people feel safe. Mm. Uh, they can, uh, f- from what I've heard, that you can leave your homes and not have to lock up because of fear mm. of someone uh, entering. Uh, and taking things. So there's just this genuine sense of life lived at a very raw, basic level, mm. embracing every season, um, enjoying every season. And um, and I can see that. Yeah. So I, I, I figured it was one of the Scandinavian yeah. countries because typically they're up there. Yeah. And it's quite a number in uh, that top 10. Right. You know, Finland, Denmark, Sweden, right. Norway. Those are all in the top right. 10 happiest okay. countries in the world. There you go. That's pretty amazing. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move. Yes. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. You can't. 
You've got a job. Uh, I do. Just yeah. kidding. All right. Least happy countries. Yeah. Boy, do we want to identify them? No. We can, you can, I think you can describe the characteristics though of that kind well, of, that country. You can imagine, right? Like a lot of um, government level oppression, economic uncertainty or economic instability. Right. Uh, obviously that's going to lead to an unhappier culture right. when you don't know what tomorrow holds, right. whether it be economically or from a government oppression right. level. So, um, and even limiting freedoms of people, you know, that obviously when people feel their freedoms being stripped away, right. they're going to feel yeah. less happy. So, yeah, it's a war-torn country. And it, yeah, it's, yeah, there's so much bloodshed. Yeah. And so many restrictions on and what it is, is it's actually a diminishing of human dignity. Yeah. Like it has to the, to the greatest of level and evil, mm. um, human di- dignity is basically erased and wiped out. So yeah. that you, we can, we can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So anecdotally from the, the places we frequently go or have traveled, where would you identify, um, happy, optimistic cultures? Yeah. You know, um, actually, one of those I would identify as Laos. I was going to say that. Really? Yes, that yeah. was in my head. Yeah. I, I, actually, I didn't know you were going to ask that question. I know, I just sprung I on know you. you. That was uh, spontaneous, but um, Laos would be my answer because, mm. again, uh, you know, it's a poor country mm-hmm. and it's a small country. Yeah, they've got, they've got social issues. They've got economic issues. But there seems to be a genuine sense of being tied to their country, tied to the land on which they grew up, mm-hmm. you know, working to, to provide a living. Uh, the family is strong. Uh, there's a sense of loyalty to family. Um, and people smile a lot. They just, they seem happy. Now, I, I, I know that there's, there, everywhere there are people who are hopeless, there's sadness, there's death and loss. But generally, I would say the Lao people are very happy people. Mm, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. Oh, my. Several years ago, you and Lynn did a bucket list trip to New Zealand. Yes. New Zealand's in the top 10. Yes. Was that your experience? It definitely was. Wow. The people there are just kind of, um, just they're, they're authentic. They're not distracted. They don't seem distracted by the rest of the world. Mm. And, um, you know, I think we're distracted about everything. Uh, but in, in New Zealand, you know, the sun comes up, they live the day, the sun goes down, they sleep well at night, I think. Uh, we visited friends who live there, and and they they he was a, a, a sheep uh, herder, and, um, you know, they were isolated, man. They, they're many, many miles be, before you get to their first neighbor. Wow. And, and it's gorgeous, yes, it's beautiful, um, and, and yet... They just are happy, hmm. and um, and that's what I would sense about the New Zealand people. They just tend to be very happy. They 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 love life, mm-hmm. and they love they actually love being from New Zealand. They love hmm. their place. They love their land. Um, th- there's a, again just a great sense of uh, contentment hmm. that they have. So yes, I would agree. I like that word contentment. Yes, maybe we can touch on that later. Yes. So. So that's kind of a, a quick trip around the world to see how yeah. other worlds experience optimism versus pessimism or joy or not so much joy. But in our culture, uh, what are some of the things, and I have a couple ideas, that, yeah. that tend to push us toward a negative viewpoint? Because I would say to go beyond expectations and be optimistic, that's actually countercultural uh, here in 2023. I would, I would say there are several things... Um, headwinds, if you will, that yes. push us toward 
negativity. <laughs> yeah. And I have some, but I wonder if you want to speak gonna on steal, that. I'm going to steal yours because I ahead. can actually see them. <laughs> because I, I believe in, I, I believe what you're saying. And that is, one is media. Yeah. Like, especially news outlets. Yeah. Um, and, okay, having been on vacation, you know, we we watched probably more news. And I think it was two nights. That was it. Hmm. We watched news. Hmm. And that's more than we normally do. Yeah. and Like mainstream media. Mainstream news, media. Like network yeah. TV or whatever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, and it's negative. And <sighs> it's, uh, there's so much doom and gloom. And there's. There's there's people bashing, there's party bashing, there's there's everything. Like yeah. and and I I sense like man, no wonder I don't do this. Right. So so what I've done is actually in my own practice. I mean, this has been for years now, and I feel much better about everything. Um, and not that I want to put a be a ostrich put my head in the sand, but I've chosen you know the media outlets that I want to pay attention to. So I every day I read the Wall Street Journal and the BBC, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. And I figure that's enough for me to to know what's going on. And I get other email articles on from a variety of sources, which are good, and they condense the news for me. But, I, you know, I think I've chosen to limit my intake mm. on that, which is negative. Yeah. And the other one is social media. Mm. Like, and, I, and, and boy, I'm not bashing social media or anything else. But uh, one of the, I think, liberating things for me has been over the about, I think it's been about two years now, I've just kind of gotten off social media because mm-hmm. what I found was social media is a great platform to people for people to pretend to be something they're not, mm-hmm. uh, to portray something they're not, uh, or to talk about stuff. And you end up finding that yourself wondering like, man, can I even compare? I wish I had their life or I wish I could do what they mm. do. Or I wish I had their money. I wish I could live their, you know, their dream. Mm. Um, and you end up just like um, over committing yourself to information that ends up at the end of the day, leaving you kind of in the dumps. Right. right? You right. Know, some of it's good because you celebrate it. Mm-hmm. And I think you, there's wisdom in that too. Like who you, who you, who you follow, um, what kind of intake you're taking, avoid others. Like, so I'm not again. I'm not bashing social media, but I think it's been helpful for me. Like I've yeah. got I've got only so much time in life, and I want to use it wisely. <laughs> right, and and if you are a social media person, that's okay. But all yeah. things in moderation, yeah. right? And what I've found on most social media is um, there's polarizing extremes. Right, you either have those that you follow that you know we've heard this term that their life is a highlight reel. Right, you know, right. and all you see are the highlights, vacations right. and uh, parties and whatever they're doing, right? right? All the fun things they're they're doing. So then you just said it, what do you do? You compare, right. which leads to dissatisfaction with your own life. Right. Man, they're always out doing something fun or look at them, they're always getting a new house or their house is always perfect or you right. know whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Then the other extreme is the lows. Right. People who only share doom and gloom, people right. who only share the sky is falling and you know all these yeah. things and if that's what you see all the time, you're just going to think negative thoughts constantly of, well, I guess the world's coming to an end, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, people who bridge the middle, like neither the highlights nor the lowlights. Frankly, they're not interesting on social media, right. so they don't get any attention. Right, you know? right, right. So anyway, I'm I'm not bashing social media uh, yeah. either. I th- I think there's a place for it. I think people have built genuine, true community right. on social media, um, and that's possible. But it takes a lot of work, a lot of intentionality, and a lot of moderation right. of right. use. And so, and also what we saw. I guess during the pandemic and even pre-pandemic was this term doom scrolling right. popped up as you can't get enough bad news. Right, you right, just right. keep scrolling bad yeah. news after bad news after bad news, especially in the wake of either natural disasters or terrorism type events or major right. world events. Right. Those things take up your whole social media feed. 
Right. And you could just find yourself for hours right. scrolling. Uh, you know, you remember the early days of the pandemic? Right. When that's all we were getting were reports from around the world of of death and shutdowns right. and and government lockdowns and all that. And you could just spend hours reading all that. Right. And then you're in a pit of depression. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think balance is the big deal, right? Like just we should yeah. be balanced, all things in moderation. Right. And I think too, we need to test ourselves. Like actually we should always evaluate ourselves, no matter what it is. Yeah. But is is this making me a better person? Is right. it making me a happier person? As am I choosing to be optimistic because of this? You're right. Uh, and it's just some it's like we should monitor, self-monitor ourselves, yeah. which is a big deal. Yeah. Okay. So let's turn the corner. Yes. We we've talked about how this is viewed around the world. And we talked about what are the headwinds that that push us or prevent us from having a positive mindset. We identified a few things around media in particular, but so how can we let's let's go positive? How yes. can we go beyond expectations and have a more optimistic, positive outlook on life and be those people that people look at and say, "Wow, that guy's so optimistic." How do, what are some ways we yeah. do that? All right. Well, one of the points we put down here is that we keep media consumption under control and in the right perspective. That's the balance. That's, yeah. that's actually self-monitoring, knowing what makes me a better person. If it doesn't make me a better person, then I don't do it. Mm. Uh, the first point that we have in that is to believe the best about others, mm. which uh, mm. you recommended a book um, back sometime, and I was reading it on um, Oh Vacation about hospitality. Is it called... Uh, Oh, extreme uh, hospitality, unreasonable hospitality. Unreasonable hospitality. It's a great book. Yes, it's a great book about a. You actually read that, dude? I did. Way to go! We'll talk later. I want to hear your thoughts on it. All right, All go right. ahead. I did. I did. <laughs> uh, actually, it's a good book. And and one of the principles in there was uh, give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Like if you're if you're a leader, if you're a boss, give people the benefit of the doubt. And that's what you're saying here. Believe the best about others. And one of the examples he used was. You know, um, often when somebody comes late to work, our first response is, why Why were you late? Mm. And instead say, hey, you're late. I hope everything's okay. Right. Just a different perspective, right? Right. To even coach ourselves in how we respond to people. The person who needs to talk on an airplane next to us that mm. sometimes bothers us. Yeah. Maybe there's a reason they need to talk. Right. Uh, the person who's crying and is a mess in, uh, on the airplane next to us, maybe there's a reason for that. Right. So it's it's assuming the best about other people. Right. And I think that that helps, you know, yeah. making that decision that we're going to assume the best about others. There's a story I, I read. I, I don't know if it was in that book or a different book or who knows where I saw this, but it was in the last couple of months. But, um, and I've tried to keep this in mind because um, I'm self-admittedly um, an impatient driver. Mm-hmm. I'm not a patient person behind the wheel. I'm ready to get to where I got to go. But I've tried, I read this recently of like, believe in the best about somebody or, or this can help calm your impatience for me is that slow driver in front of you. What if they're driving slow and careful because they have a cake in the back seat and they're on their way to their daughter's birthday yeah. party and they yeah. don't want the cake to fall on the floor. Right. right? Like that might be the case. Right. They probably have a, and that's a very specific example, but the point is, they might have a good reason for driving the way they're right. they're driving. It's not going to kill me, right? Just to believe the best about that person. They're not trying to make my day bad. They're not trying to slow me down. They don't even know I'm behind them. You know, like right. they don't know me from Adam. Right. So it's not personal to me, and I can believe the best about them that right. they're doing the best they can do with their circumstances. Right. Yeah. So we intentionally make this decision. We're going to believe the best about others in how we respond, in how we think, and how we talk. Right. And we like all that. need that. That's that's a big deal. Um, I, I do like the um, I like the point that you guys put down, and that is to intentionally seek and push others toward the positive viewpoint whenever mm-hmm. you can. Mm-hmm. You know, whether we're parents, mm-hmm. you know, because often you know. 
our kids come home with complaints. Well, as parents, we can push them toward the positive. Mm. Uh, often when we go to work, we can off, it's easy to gripe and complain. We should push people towards the positive. Even in our friendship circles, like be the person who is positive, be the person who models uh, what it means to be positive. I mm. think that's a big deal. Yeah. Well, and also uh, kind of along those lines, but to find the opportunities within the challenges. So it's taken right. hardships and looking for the opportunities in those, like right. the positive opportunities in those. And and actually, that's something you've taught me over the years as we've had challenges that pop up, some big, some not so big, but whatever they are, that's one of the things you always say is like, you know, we, we've often said like, never waste a crisis right, or right. things like, you know, there's opportunity within right. challenges. And that alone makes you more of an optimistic right. person. Right. So, yeah. And that is contagious. Whether we're, right. If we're optimistic... Uh, it's contagious within our families, within our friendships, within our social uh, world. It is contagious. And so is pessimism. And so is making the choice to complain. Right. It is contagious. Right. Have you ever been in a room where just everybody's griping and complaining and it's negative, it's negative, it's negative. Nobody walks out of there feeling good. Yeah. Everybody walks out feeling like, ugh, like you just feel... Like you ate junk food. Yes. You know, let's right. not eat junk food all the time. Right. That's right. That's right. That's where we are. So, all right. We love to read. We love yes. leaders. Um, and we love to quote great stuff that we find out there. So on this topic, we have a couple of quotes we want to share. And um, I'm going to start with one. Uh, I think we've quoted him before, but he's a great, great author. A lot of great books out there. But Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Yes. Um, he says this. The essence of optimism is that it takes no account of the present, but it is a source of inspiration, of vitality, and hope where others have resigned. It enables a man to hold his head high, to claim the future for himself, and not to abandon it to his enemy. Yes. Ooh. I like that. That's a lot. Yes. So just rewind and listen to that one more time. That was really good. Yeah. All right. And actually, uh, that man went through a lot. Yeah. And um, and that's why I think his his story stands out. Yeah. Another guy like that is uh, Viktor Frankl. Um, Viktor Frankl uh, went through the Holocaust. He was in a concentration camp. Uh, and if you haven't read any of his books, I would encourage you to do that. Um, he's got some great insights um, into uh, what it means to make choices, even in the harshest most challenging uh, situations when, when actually in a, in a Holocaust, you know, during the Holocaust in, in a concentration camp, basically what they were doing, they from stripping you to starving you um, uh, to, to working you, they were, they were stripping people of the dignity of their lives. Mm. I mean, they were reducing them uh, and their willpower to live. Um, they, it, it was destructive. And mm. I love uh, a lot of what Viktor Frankl has said and one of the things he said is this, uh, we who lived in the concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts and they were comforting others. They gave away their last piece of bread. Mm. I mean, they're starving. Mm. And he says, I can remember those people. There may not have been many of them, but I can remember those who were starving, giving away their last piece of bread. And he says this, they may, they may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Hmm. I like that. I mean, everything can be taken care, uh, taken from us. We can be stripped of our dignity, and and yet we can choose 
on our own are our response to that mm. and the positive response to it. Mm. That's really, anyway, really good. Yeah. I really like that. And so in conclusion, yes. as we kind of land the plane here, regardless of culture, regardless of the expectations coming at you and what you see in media and what you see in people around you, uh, we can position ourselves to push against that and right. to go beyond expectation, choosing optimism, choosing joy. That's right. And, and we can um, because of what's inside of us yeah. and, the, and the mental state to choose that this is how I'm going to live. And I would say, again, just think in terms of like where we do that in the context of our relationships, in our mm-hmm. closest relationships, we can choose to criticize or we can choose to compliment. We can choose to be optimistic or we can be pessimistic. Um, we can do that in our families. We can model it for our children. We can do it in our neighborhoods. And all of it, I think, creating a context and the very threads of community. Mm. And that's really what we're after. Um, building strong communities, building strong relationships, being the kind of person we ought to be mm. um, in light of making the choice to be optimistic um, and, and choosing joy instead of the opposite. Anyway. That's awesome. I All love right. it. That's today, man, on Think Global. It's good to be with you again, John. We yes. look forward to being back together in October when, again, we will have another podcast on Think Global. I love it. Check us out on Instagram, thinkglobal.podcast. Our website's letsthinkglobal.com. And if you love the podcast, rate it, review it, wherever you listen to podcasts, that helps get it in front of more people. Thanks for listening. All right. Thank you. Thank you.